Welcome back to the Buds and Reality Show. I'm Sean Collins, the guy with a lot to say, and it feels really good to be back. I know it's been a while. It's been like over a month now. Sorry, guys. I've definitely missed you, but I'm here with an awesome guest of mine, Joel, my man, the Infinite Zeal Syndicate on Twitter. How you doing, brother? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate man, it. it. This has been a long time coming, for real, because you and I have been... Uh, back and forth all the time on socials, you know, just, just talking shit and shit posting and <laughs> memeing our way through the madness. And it's been quite a good time. That's how you do it. I know, I know you uh, listen to the show and you've always been supportive of it and sharing it and talking about it. And I really, really, really appreciate that, man. You have no idea, but uh, you know, let's uh, let's bring this in and let's get to know you a little bit before we start cracking heads, because there's some head cracking that's got to happen today. <laughs> well, there's, there's plenty of that. <laughs> But so let's talk about your background politically. Like, where were you? Like, where were you politically when you started, like, getting into voting and stuff like that? Well, I'm from originally from New Jersey. So that's a, a deep blue state, one of the blue states in the country. But I'm from, like, a, a red area of a blue state. So, okay. you know, Chris Christie was governor of New Jersey. So that's the kind of, like, Republican uh, um, I kind of my community, so I grew up around the generally, um, in my community, like conservative Republicans. Of course, there's plenty of liberals being in New Jersey, but in my day to day life, mainly Republicans. And so, and even the school I went to, everything was taught from that a Republican conservative viewpoint. So, kind of, I was, and uh, not, I don't, I don't know, maybe indoctrinated is the right word, but. Uh, that's kind of what I was exposed to. You know, Democrats are bad. They want their big spenders. They want big government. Republicans are good. They want freedom and yada, yada. Um, and so as far as voting goes, the first time, and actually this was the last time I ever voted, uh, it was the first time I was eligible to vote was the 2012 presidential election. Okay. And uh, I voted for Mitt Romney. Oh, my, uh, to now looking, looking back at it now, I'm like, you know, I'm just, just disgusted with myself. But back then, you know, I was, uh, you know, all the, the fear mongering about Obama, Obama's, you know, he's, he wants to be like a, I remember, uh, I'll never forget, at a teacher in my school and, you know, emphasizing the importance of voting. Like you got to go out and vote because President Obama, he wants to be a king. Like once he gets elected again, he'll never like get out of office. Like it was like one of those like right-wing conspiracies. And I like to a degree, I was like, yeah, this guy's pretty, um, he might be onto something. I better, I got to go out there and vote for Mitt Romney, you know? So, um, and uh, like I said, I, that's one of like my uh, lowest points in my life, I guess, as far as like politically looking back, like just the ignorance and not understanding and not thinking for myself, just believing all the, all the fear mongering, if you will, and um, just all that kind of thing. And so that was the last time I voted. Um, and as far as, and, and yeah, that's, that's about it. And then from there, like probably around 2016, 2017 is when I started kind of realizing the, the Republican party, maybe they're not all like all about freedom and all about this and that. And then 2018 was when it really kind of like hit me was when they were um, like banning the bump stocks and stuff. And then Trump was saying, you got to take the guns early, uh, blah, 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 we're going to ban bump stocks. And then I was like, wait a second. I thought they were like, you, you're the, your Republican Party supposed to be Second Amendment. Like, well, we, 
you advocate people being armed and now you're so like that didn't that was like okay so this is kind of like what's going on so then you know i go down the rabbit holes trying to figure stuff out and you know here i am now you know in a uh, full-blown i guess and cap if you will. i don't know i don't really have a title i don't you know give myself a title but um i don't know if i'll ever vote again i want to support like libertarians like i'll support them as any way i can to get into office as far as voting um i don't know i just kind of had a kind of like falling out with like political parties like i don't want to be with a political party because if the party i'm in does something i don't want to be like associated with like maybe something uh, reprehensible or action that you take so thankfully i'm out of the republican party cult i didn't get sucked into the, the, the liberal cult being in new jersey i was in the you know around republicans and and basically like republican most of my life going up till i was like 21 and then uh thankfully now i'm free of that and you know, more more aware of what's really going on in in the world. I feel that. I feel that. I too was a uh, I I was a, a neocon. That's my background. I I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and Democrats were the worst. I mean, you weren't going to be a Democrat, or you were going to hell mm-hmm. pretty much. You know what I mean? Like that's just what it was. Yeah. But I, you know, I do remember what you're talking about when Trump said, uh, "Ban the guns first, or take the guns first, then do process." And I was like. Whoa, man. And I'm not going to lie to anybody. I, I voted for Donald Trump in 2016. You know, even though I was a libertarian for the two ec- elections before that, I voted for Ron Paul in 2008 and in 2012. And then 16 came around. I was not a big Gary Johnson fan. He was not my favorite. Um, he said some stuff that was pretty off base. Um, but that was neither here nor there. You know, I did vote for Trump. I immediately regretted it. But my mindset was, there ain't no way in hell Hillary Clinton can get elected. That just can't. Right. Oh, yeah. She's going to take the gun. She's going to take them all. You know, we're not having that. And, uh, but yeah, I totally feel where you're coming from on that, on the Republican standpoint, you know, because I voted for Bush in both elections in 2000 and 2004. And that was a huge letdown for me. Just because that's that's not what I voted for. That's not what I wanted. I mean, he was printing all kinds of money and starting wars, and you know, inflation was through the roof. A lot of people forget about the inflation in yeah. the early two thousand. Patriot Act. Oh, the Patriot Act and the NSA and the TSA and every SA that there could be. I mean, there's all kinds of, of programs out there now. You know, government surveillance programs that are watching us. I mean, hey, what's up, NSA? I know you're uh, watching me right now. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I totally dig where you're coming from. And uh, but what was your turning point when it, you know, that said, hey, this isn't right. I'm not doing this anymore. What was the actual what made you actually go from that to ANCAP, which if anybody doesn't know what ANCAP is, that is our anarcho capitalism. Yeah, Um, I'd say like. Well, actually. I want to say like around 2018, 2019, I was actually registered, I registered in the Libertarian Party. I didn't really do anything with it. There wasn't a, like a local chapter where I was, so I wasn't very involved. And then kind of, I just started going my own like research rabbit holes. And I just kind of like, I, I, I like a lot of Libertarians, what they do, and I want to support them and help them. But um, 
yeah, when I decided I'm just going to kind of not be in the political parties and then it was like then COVID is really, when really it was like, okay, like literally like there's no reason to have any faith in like our, our government. Like we, the first reaction was with, when, you know, with COVID was, oh, the government, like what's the government going to do? What, what, like what's our, how you, how are we going to solve this? Right. And then they have their solution. And then that really doesn't solve anything. So it's like, okay, um, that didn't work. What are we going to do? And then they're always having more and more government, more and more intervention, whether it's in the economy, whether it's restrictions, whether it's the masks, whether it's uh, the standing six feet apart, whether it was 14 days or 15 days of slow to spread, however many it was. And then when none of that works and nobody take, took responsibility and it was just like goalpost moving, then that's when I was, okay, like, this whole thing is like I uh, I can't I can't believe anything anyone says. Like we're just you either make it. It's all politics. Um, people's obviously people who believe in suppose supposedly like fiscal responsibility. They're nowhere to be found. They're banging the drums for oh it is an emergency. Yeah, we can print as much money as you want. Oh, it's an emergency. You need to. You don't have any rights or like liberty. Like and we're gonna you, we're gonna violently enforce mandates on you, uh, regardless. So when that all starts happening, it, that's when I realized I was like, okay, you know what? Like I'm I'm completely done with this. So probably yeah, about a year, like six eight months a year in the COVID is when it just kind of like I guess light bulb moment for me. And that's when I, yeah, that's when I I went from there to I'm out, you know. So so you're saying that COVID rad- radicalized you. Uh, to yes, to very to a degree. Well, and it got me like, and it got me thinking about other things. So it's like, well, if the news is fake, well, I wonder what I wonder what history is like. So it's like then you start going down other things. Well, I know all the news about the, the COVID. A lot of it's fake. A lot of it's lies. It's goalposts moving. They're lying about the vaccines. They're lying about this. They're lying about that. That, and then it's like, okay, well, what else are they lying about? So you go down through history and you find examples of other things. Then it's like, oh, okay, you know, there's. This isn't like the first time this has ever happened. This has been happening forever. Nope. <laughs> and, then, and then you, re- you know, so COVID two radicalized me. That's what really was a turning point. You know, I was a libertarian in two thousand eight, but I just never talked about it. I never talked about politics with with anybody. You know, it's just something I stayed quiet about. But then when COVID came through, that's when I was not going to be quiet anymore. That's what I will say radicalized me to say, we need to talk about this, this, we can't be quiet about this, you know, things need to be said, you know, and unfortunately, you know, there, there, there comes a cost when you do stuff like that, people end up being very mad at you, you know, you know, whether it be your peers, or your family, or whoever it may be, I would say half my family and peers are are extremely upset with me right now. But you know, (laughs) that's their right, that's their right. And that's fine. You know, maybe someday we'll mend fences, who knows. But you know, that's, you know, I'm not here to you know, sugarcoat anything for anyone. Anybody who listens to Bud, Bud's knows better. Like I'm not doing it. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. you, I'm going to tell you straight, you know, and you might not like it, but you know, at least I'm being honest and I'm being sincere and I'm coming from a good place when I say it, you know, and then going back to, you know, how you and I met via Twitter and stuff like that, you know, I got to say something, man, you are probably the nicest person on Twitter, period. Well, like, I know about that. 
by far, you know, because a lot of us who hate the state and hate the government are like raging and like just totally angry and, you know, fuck everything and fuck the system and fuck mm-hmm. the government. And you like do that, but in the most nicest way possible. Well, here's it's my attitude. Quite funny. It. I love it. It's, 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 it's hilarious. <laughs> I dig it, you know. Well, I'm glad. Well, my my viewpoint is, I really believe this. Um, in, in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun, right? Amen. So this stuff that's happening, yeah, okay, there's some things that are going to be different, right? But human nature is the same. You know, uh, uh, people in power are going to be corrupt. They're going to be, uh, um, they're going to lie and do this and do that. So, and I used to be like that way, rage out, be super angry, oh, you're a hypocrite, blah, blah, blah. But now. It's like, okay, and I like to read about history, and you see the examples of stuff happening now back then, and it's like, okay, this is going to, this is always going to, this is, you know, while we're on earth, this is going to happen. So, yeah, I want to point it out, mock it. It does bother me. But to me, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if I can be, like, surprised by anything that happens now, like, something, like, happens, whatever. It's like okay, like yeah, like it could be bad, but it's yeah. This this the state is perfectly capable of doing this. They've done it before, so why am I going to be mad that this is happening? Yeah, it's terrible. We need to find a way to undermine undermine it and come to and figure out a solution. But um, just for me, like I just realized, like getting angry was just like well, I'm, I. I that would I'm just not surprised enough by stuff that's happening. It's not even like shocking anymore. It's like, yeah, of course they did that. You know what I mean? So um, of course they like lied about the vaccines and didn't get it like tested for if it's going to block transmission. Like, yeah, why, why, why am I even shocked? Like they look at all the other things they've, they've done and lied and covered up about. And so, Everything. and to me, it's just, yeah, I like to have, I like, I like to have, I like to have a laugh. So it's like, yeah, stuff's going to be quote unquote terrible. What does it mean? I can't um, find some way to, get, I don't know, enjoyment or humor out of it and find a silver lining. And uh, it's the uh, it's the meme of the guy, the, the, the NPC character is like just crying. You have like the mask and it's like smiling. It's like, so it's like, that's what it is. You put, a, put on a brave face, you know, like we said, meme our way through it. And, uh, you know, we can have some fun as the empire collapses, I think, in my view. So. Your memes are solid, dude. I love your memes, actually. You are, uh, you put some very hilarious stuff out there and you made some really cool ones for us in Michigan with Gretchen Whitmer and stuff. You know, I'll, uh, if anybody oh, wants to the, oh my God, it's a night and it's full blown. I mean, we're going full blown commie here. We don't even have enough time oh, to yeah. talk about that. It's getting, uh, it's getting interesting. Yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, yeah. If, if, if the governor's like Twitter accounts and the indication of what life is like in Michigan, I can only imagine like the run of the ads on local TV, like, uh, the billboards for the, the new like ungrabbing bills. I'm sure that's just like every you can't escape it, raining it down on everyone's throat. It's it's pretty out of control. I mean, some people are most people are for it. I mean, Michigan's pretty much a blue state now, and it's kind of is what it is. Yeah, you know, I'm in a very blue area, believe it or not. I'm about I literally live in probably the most liberal part of Michigan you could be in, like hands down. You know, and that's you know whatever. I don't care. You know what I mean? People can live their lives and do whatever they want. Nobody bothers me none. But that, you know, that being said, it's all just here and it's in your face all the time. I was the only one with a libertarian sign in the neighborhood during the 2020 election. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. There was one brave soul down the road that put up a Trump sign. And I was like, dude, Oh boy. Oh man. I'm like, they're going to get you, man. <laughs> if I, but uh, you know, let's uh, let's move on to something that's pretty crazy right now, because there's some news that came out recently on the leak of the Russian war with Ukraine. But before we get into that, I want to give a little history about what, what happens over there. So I've talked about it on the show before about how this dates back to the nineties with the Clintons. And when the USSR broke up, um, Ukraine ended up with Russian nukes and the Clintons, well, the U S government and the UK government along with Russia talked Ukraine into turning over the nukes in order for protection. So they do it, you know, and that's, they, they figure it out and that, you know, that, that goes and that's that. Well, something I just learned recently about this, and this is important, you know, so please listen to this history lesson, folks, before we get into this, this war, okay. because we're going to sound like, we're, we're going to sound like lunatics here otherwise. So in the, in the late nineties, um, Russia actually tried to join NATO. I just found this out. They huh. actually, yeah. Um, they tried to join NATO. Um, I heard, uh, uh, Clint Russell talking about it on Tim cast. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Russia tries to get into NATO and they get, and they, but the deal was they wanted to get pushed to the front. They didn't want to wait. They figured since they're a nuclear powerhouse, they could get to the front of the line, you know, and, and all would be well. Well, long story show, short, they got laughed out of the building. NATO said, kick rocks. We don't want anything to do with this. So obviously, that pissed off Russia, you know, <laughs> obviously, you know what I mean? Like they tried to join the force, you know, they get laughed out, yeah. you know, they get laughed out, you know, get told to kick rocks pretty much. And, uh, you know, after that, you know, there's some, there's been a little bit of mixed messages about what happened after that, but from what my understanding is, and it wasn't quite a deal made, but there was like some backdoor handshakes and some promises made that, and and I didn't hear this from Clint. This is something I picked up along the years. I remember hearing it. Um, that there was some backdoor deals that said, not deals, but promises made to Russia that no NATO country would ever touch Russian borders. That was kind of an unspoken thing that they, they came up with, which I guess that seems fair, you know, in my mm -hmm. eyes. You know, if they if they kicked him out and said that we don't want anything to do with you, well, hey, I don't want anything to do with you either, right? I mean, hey, whatever. Right. Fair so, enough. 2014 comes along, and there was a coup. They call it a coup. Um, the United States military went in and overthrew the Ukrainian government. <laughs> I mean, that happened in 2014. I mean, there's that's no secret. That's that's public record. You can go look that shit up. So the coup happens, they overthrow the government. Well, guess who they stick in as president? Obama Obama appointed Zelensky. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, he's installed. Yeah, it's not there's no like democratically elected. It's he installed as. Yes. So I mean, you know, and that's what the US does, you know, they go and they tear up these countries and then they place whoever they want in power, you know, like there's nothing sketchy about that. So now, 14 months ago, Russia invades Ukraine, so we're told, right? And it, essentially they did. You know, they, they invaded Ukraine. But, oh, oh, 
and right after the invade happened, this is important too. Right after they invaded, you know, 14 months ago, last April, right after it just started, there was going to be peace talks between Zelensky and Putin. Well, Boris Johnson from the UK Parliament and the US government squashed that. They put the kibosh on. So then obviously Russia gets more aggressive and, you know, I'm not pro what they're doing. By all means, don't think I'm pro what they're doing. I'm not pro war at all. There's always a, a better solution. But at the end of the day, you know, it's starting to look more and more like who's the aggressor in this situation? Because from my standpoint now, it looks like the United States and NATO are the ones that are are the aggressors in this situation because they keep poking the bear. We overthrow their government. We start putting in biolabs over there, which, you know, take it or leave it on that, you know, but there's there's lots of files and lots of documents saying we're putting biolabs mm-hmm. over there. And Putin doesn't want anything from, from the West. He wants nothing from the West over, over there. He don't want anything to do with us. I can't blame the guy. Look at our government. I mean, seriously. And so... At this point, it kind of looks like, you know, we're the aggressors in the situation, which isn't surprising because we are the aggressors in in many other situations. Oh, yeah. Many, many other situations. We can can talk about 9-11 if we really wanted to. I mean, at the end of the day, we didn't fly those planes to those buildings, but that happened because we were meddling in other people's business. You know, so I mean, we're always in everyone's business. We can't mind our own business. That's right. It's crazy. And this is why people, other countries are getting pissed. So, you know, this war is going on. It's been going on for over a year now. And just recently, a leak comes out from this 21-year-old gamer kid that is uh, Air National Guard. And he's coming out saying, pretty much, we have boots on the ground. And we've been fighting in this war almost the whole time. Now... <laughs> Oh, no, Kitty. My cat is trying to come say hi right now. Kick rocks. You got to kick rocks just like Russia was told. Get out of here. Anyways, <laughs> um, uh, where was I at here? I just totally lost my train of thought. Thanks, Kitty. Um, the, uh, the, 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 the leak. With the, that was, oh, the leak. So, so this 21-year-old kid leaks that we got boots on the ground there and that not only are we at war with Russia, but we're actually losing the war. After the media has said, hey, they're winning, we're winning, you know, everything, everything's everything. We're sending all this money over there. Now, riddle me this, and I know you know what's up in the in the who's who and the what's what and the no, no. So how are we having boots on the ground and at a war with Russia without anything happening through our own government? Like who declared that war? Tell me what's wrong there. Hmm, I don't know. Uh, um, seems to me it's alphabet uh, a soup kind of thing. Uh, probably CIA somehow. Like they're just they're they're the ones that probably overthrew the regime the first time. They're in there trying to wreak havoc and do whatever they're doing to help Ukraine and and undermine Russia. But I'd say, uh, yeah, it's intelligence agencies. You know, I mean, there's no like, oh, go through Congress or Bingo. Um, whatever, like legislation. It's it's all covert and no one's supposed to know about this and keep it under wraps. And that, you know, so there's, you know, I mean, 
again, it's just going to be more uh, scapegoating in line from the regime because, uh, you know, it's they, and there's no like refuting the information. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is it. It's oh, we have to scapegoat this guy like this guy's a traitor leak or whatever. It's not like, oh, we're going to refute what he's actually saying, you know, and then they turn it into like a troop. You know, uh, we have to defend the troops. It's about like national security. That's yeah, like everything else. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Well, I mean, it's crazy because Congress has to declare war. You can't put boots on the ground in another in another country well, without Congress's permission, per se. Can we do that in like Syria as well? Was that Syria or Libya? We, we do it constantly. We didn't know. Yeah, we do it constantly. We the king. We don't. Congress is. Uh, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, Congress is more of like. A, I don't know, like symbolic in a way. It's like, I mean, the, the, the executive branch is just can do whatever it wants. Congress is kind of really inept most of the time. Um, as far as like a check, you know what I mean? They're supposed to check. There's no, there's no check um, and there's no need for congressional approval. It's executive action or you just, your the executive branch can just go and do whatever it wants and no questions asked. So we basically, like, you know, King Biden can, uh, you know, he wants something, wants boots on the ground, boots are going to be in the ground. And that, and that's, to me, that's absurd. To me, it's insane that we, as taxpayers, all of our money, over $100 billion has gone over there now to fund a war that's not legal. But yet, like yeah. you brought up, it's happening in Syria, it's happening in Yemen, it's happening in, in uh, Somalia. You know, we, 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 we are, the United States swings their dick around everywhere they possibly can. And at the end of the day, it's all about getting that money printer going and putting up central banks. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, the situation with our dollar right now. And they're scrambling, trying to figure out what they're going to do. So they're trying to, you know, rush this war and do this thing so they can get that money machine going again. But the problem is here also is now they got this 21-year-old kid apprehended for these leaks, right? Truth is treason and the empire of lies. Ron Paul, man. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's people that are actually angry at him and calling this kid a traitor when really I think he's a hero for bringing out the truth of this and showing the public that this war is actually wrong just on so many fronts. But we're actually funding a war that's not technically legal per se. Again, right. you know, it's, it's a song that never ends. And it's actually a sad state of affairs, you know, and they, and they, they were able to like get this kid like immediately too, right. They arrest him, and they find him, find him where he's at, whatever, but we still don't have any Epstein files. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. How is that the most protected document in the history of documents? Seriously, is the Epstein files. And we don't even need to get yeah. into that right now, but you know, <laughs> cause that could, that could be like 10 shows, man. The FCA. Yeah, that's uh that's a total under rabbit hole by itself. Well, like as a father, you're a new father, man. You got a you got a son that's just a few months old now. And you know, they're pushing these illegal wars and the recruit numbers are way down. They nobody's signing up to go to the military, you know. And if they're gonna mm -hmm. keep doing these wars and going to kill people on the other side of the pond there's going to come a point where they're going to have to start drafting kids. I mean, how do you feel yeah. as a father, you know, knowing that this is how that works and they can come after your child at some point if they deemed fit? Well, yeah, that's, it's kind of funny. It's like, you know, America, a free country, uh, but 
yeah, if we decide that you have to fight in our war, then like that's compulsory. You know what I mean? So it's another just classic case of, uh, you know, yeah, you know, we're the freest country in, in, in the world. We have the largest prison population. The, the government can force you to fight in any war that they want. You know, what, what else is new? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of concerning. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I have to, but it's like, Oh, maybe we can just we'll move to Canada. I'll help. We'll be. I'll show him how. We'll. I'll help him be a draft dodger. He can't even go to Canada. Canada is like far gone now. So I don't know where that leaves us. But uh, yeah, uh, draft dodging might have to be the uh, be the the solution. Figure out a way to. I don't know where to go, but how we'll do it. Maybe uh, well, you, I mean, you move to we move to New Hampshire. New Hampshire will be like we will prohibit the federal government from drafting anyone in our state or something. I don't know. Maybe some state will do that. And well, that's, I mean, that's you got to make nullification great somewhere. I mean, New Hampshire might be yeah, able to I mean, do it, you know. Or maybe Texas will have seceded by then. Texas will be its own country by then. And it's like, yeah, we're not even getting involved. It's like, okay, you know, let's go over here. They already proved they couldn't make it when they when they got all that snow and the power yeah. went down. They were begging for federal yeah. assistance. I'm like, well, oh, yeah, just yeah. kind of shot yourself on the foot on saying you're going to be the first to secede. I think New Hampshire is well on mm -hmm. their way before anybody else. But, you know, let's move on to, you know, I brought up how they want to get the money printer going. Now I feel like I need to bring up Janet Yellen, the Secretary of Treasury of the United States government, who is literally, which this video, or I'm sorry, this video surfaced yesterday. Well, by the time this show comes out, it'll be a few days ago. But this was from a month ago, mid-March. She's testifying in front of the Senate that she's going to... <laughs> Oh my God, this is going to be so hard to get out of my mouth because it's hard to fathom this right now. She wants to up the the, the debt from almost $32 trillion to $50 trillion, 50, without any regard on who's going to buy that debt, by the way. Now, what could possibly go wrong there, Joel? Oh, oh I mean, well... <laughs> I mean, why should uh, why should she say anything that makes sense right now? I mean, she's only said, "Oh, there's no, uh, you know, inflation's transitory. Um, there's no inflation. We're not going to have a recession. The economy looks great. We might have, you know." So it's just it's just a giant circuit over there, Sean. To be honest with you, um, and you know, I'm not really sure what to, what to say about it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I did see that video and um, I don't know, this is banana Republic stuff. You know, we're just going to, you know, if we don't, if we don't, if we don't, you know, increase the debt or increase the debt ceiling, the economy is going to collapse, blah, blah, blah. You know, we've heard all before. And then once we get to 50, we're going to have to get to hundred. Oh, the only way that, or the, 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 the only way that we'll avoid a banking crisis or uh, financial disasters, if we go to hundred, and then we get to, you know, and then that's just going to perpetuate the crisis. And then next thing you know, it all comes down and then, you know, central bank digital currencies. And uh, yeah, that's where we're going we're gonna to be at. So that's just kind of, I don't know how there hasn't been a banking crisis yet. But I mean, if we were going to go from 31 to 50 in a blink of an eye, then why can't we go from 50 to 100 in a blink of an eye? And, uh, you know, it's just, it's all made up as we go along. And uh, like I and if if they're concerned about saving the dollar, I mean, I don't know what they think 
going from 31 to 50 trillion, like that's going to do to it. I mean, it's not going to, you know, that's not going to say, you know, the hyperinflationary, you know, probably so. Well, here's the catch. I mean, banana, banana Republic. Oh, definitely Banana Republic. But like, here, here's the catch here. Now, we're, we're literally living through the highest inflation period ever in the history of inflation. Seriously, this is, you know, they always say it's a 40-year high. No, this is the highest inflation we've ever been through as a nation. And we're going through it right now. And people are struggling right now. And what if they do this, it's going to be catastrophic to people because they're already priced out of living. Imagine what's going to happen when the hyperinflation comes, when they make an $18 trillion jump. I mean, what's going to happen to poor people? What's going to happen to old people, people on fixed incomes? I mean, these are our parents. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be literally priced out of living. Tens of thousands of people are going to lose everything. They're going to starve to death. And I mean, you can call me an alarmist if you want, but I mean, we're living through an inflation now and they didn't print no $18 trillion from oh. you know, just a little period of time. But between Trump, yes, I said Trump and Biden, between their two spending habits, this is why we have the inflation we have now. And they're going to talk about raising this debt up $18 trillion. I mean, think once again, you're a new father. I mean, they think of the future yeah. these people are making for your child. I mean- they're going to tax us. Well, it's uh, it's a good it's a good point, and it's a, another reminder of, um, you know, finding ways to not to, to undermine or not be reliant on the banking cartel. So it's you know buy, get out of dollars. So whether that's buying gold, whether that's buying, you know, uh, you know, uh, good you know cryptocurrencies or something or other currencies. I know Russia and uh, you know is. Yeah, I think I'm sure Russia and China are like kind of heading up the, the charge on the BRICS, you know. BRICS system. Um, with Which India. Doing. Yeah, they're going to have, yeah, Mexico. So, of course, they're talking about like, you know, invading the cartels, you know, because Mexico is, is one of this, wants to ditch dollar too. So, you I just mean, said it actually. It's, uh, well, I mean, it's amazing. Anytime someone wants to get away from the dollar, all of a sudden there needs to there's something like there's, uh, they need democracy or, there's a cartel problem. And see, the, the United States preserves the dollar's like sovereignty, if you will, through like force, right? So it's you know, wars, military conflict. Whereas China, like they play the long game, right? They're not because in America it's it's a four-year window, right? So I have four years to do something. But you just I don't want nothing bad to happen to my watch. Um, and it's very short, short uh, uh time frame and to China. How, they're playing the long game. They're investing in like South America, Africa. You should see what they're doing in some of these countries, like Angola, building these modern like housing complexes, uh, providing economic opportunity. I've been watching some documentaries about it. Um, just kind of their investment in Africa, and um, of course they, they loan a lot of countries uh, money to African countries as well. So, I mean, they're. Uh, I mean, if if, if if BRICS, if they go to like a gold-backed like currency, I mean, after a short while, the world's going to kind of be like, why am I like the dollar? Clearly, it is, is no safe haven. It's inflationary. The, the Fed's just going to keep printing. The dollar's just going to keep losing value. There's nothing behind it. So, the answer is going to be escape dollars and go to 
commodity-based, go to cryptocurrency, go to other currencies that are stronger and, uh, or more, um, maybe that are backed by something um, besides thin air. So at least for me and my family, my son, it's maybe I get paid in dollars, but it's get out of the dollar and get into other things that'll uh, protect us in the long run from, you know, the consequences of this terrible uh, uh, fiscal policy, monetary policy we have in our, our country. Well, yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, and I, and I talked about it on the last show. I mean, I called it decentralize yourself. We're, we're at a point where we need to decentralize ourselves and get out of this dollar. And whether it may be, you know, learning Bitcoin, whether it be, you know, getting into the silver game or the gold game, you know, gold, I don't think is a bad idea. You know, everybody's got their feelings about it or whatever. But I mean, if gold's going to back the brick system, I think the 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 uh, the, the price of gold's going to skyrocket, and that wouldn't be a horrible investment right now. Um, silver, silver is pretty uh, pretty cheap to get into still, and it'd be a good game. I mean, anything pretty much tangible that you could trade or barter with, you know, in order to stay out of the system. And I mean, and I'm talking like completely decentralized too. I mean, make black markets great. And I'm not saying like go do a bunch of illegal shit in the black market, but I mean, have, if if anybody's ever shopped at a farmer's market or bought meat from an actual farmer, yeah. you're contributing to the black market and you're not paying taxes mm -hmm. on that, which is amazing. Keep doing that, you know, grow your own food. I mean, homesteading is going to be extremely important through all this. I mean, it's pretty, it's, it's extremely terrifying to think that, you know, what could happen when the dollar finally does collapse because we're on our way there and it's going to happen sooner than later. I think we might even see it this year. Um, at least that's what I'm seeing. Well, whenever it happens, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, in, well going from 31 trillion to 50 trillion. That's only going to uh, speed up the process. So, I mean, the dollar, what has the dollar lost? 99% of its purchasing power since 1913. So, Yes. <laughs> um, we've already come this far down. So, I mean, who knows when the, the final leg's going to drop. So, uh, yeah, so get, it's the solution is get out of dollars. I don't want that piece of paper. Um, so get into other things. And like you said, decentralize yourself. Find people of like mind that support your local farmer. Support. Um, it, it doesn't just have to be food. You can anything else. Any Anybody you know that provides like a service or a product, go 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 support them instead. Don't like I'm. It's uh trying to do a better job of you know helping uh, participating in like a, a parallel economy, if you will. So maybe somebody they I think people they coming up their own kind of uh, coffees or other products. It's like yeah, oh, how about I support buy from you, right? You have the same kind of views as, as I have about you know decentralizing yourself, being self sufficient, not relying on uh, this, the, the banking cartel and the system in the dollar. And so it's like, yeah, let's get together. Let's make it all happen. And uh, we, lots of people have good ideas. And I think uh, at least, you know, as scary as, things, as scary as things may seem, I think connecting with people that realize kind of the, the, the seriousness of the issue and where things are headed and now we can we're more we need more prepared and more apt to have a, a solution and to withstand some of the, the trials that come just because uh, of understanding how the Fed works how you know fiat money works 
you know, what, what, what's the future going to be for the dollar? We know it's going to be zero. So we now we have, there's still time to kind of get out and kind of figure things out and um, kind of uh, get on the arc, if you will, before the, the doors close. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the times now folks, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta, you don't want to get caught with your pants down when the shit hits the fan, you know? And I would also say stock up on ammo as well, not only for obvious reasons, but you know, that's also a good trade currency. Everybody's looking for ammo all the time. So, I mean, oh, anything, yeah. that you could, anything tangible that you could trade and barter with, you know, is, is, is a great situation to be in, you know, and it's sad that we even have to have these conversations, honestly, you know, it, it really is. Oh, but you got to have them. We have to have them, you know, and, and, and like I've told people a million times, I'm never going to sugarcoat anything on this show ever. I'm going to tell you the way it is, the way I see it, you know, and, and I hope that people, you know, understand that I'm coming from a good place and not trying to scare anyone. I'm just trying to pass along a message that you need to get out of this system and take care of yourselves and your family. You know what I mean? I don't want to just be like this crazy, you know, conspiracy nut job or whatever it may be that, you know, a lot of people will point fingers and say that I, you know, I am that, but I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, if you want to see the Janet Yellen thing, I'll send you a link, you know what I'm saying? And if you want to you know, hear about the Russia thing, I can send you links. You know what I mean? Like anybody, you know, get in my DMs, I'll show you. But, uh, you know, moving on, you talked about, you, you know, you brought up something earlier about indoctrination in, in the schools. And we were all indoctrinated oh, yeah. by our school system in one way or another. And I'm not going to say that, you know, the schools are terrible and everything we learned was bullshit. But when it comes to American history, it's all bullshit. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot there. You know, uh, you know, I've, you know, obviously reading and writing and you know math. You know, that's good to learn all that stuff. You know, but certain things you don't need to learn. But history in general, the way it was taught, we were indoctrinated by a lot of things, uh, and in many different directions. I always like to point out Christopher Columbus. You know, finding America, bullshit. Um, and Thanksgiving about how the pilgrims came to break bread with the Indians, bullshit. But there's one thing, and I know you know where I'm going with this right now, and I'm going to let you take it, man. There's one thing that we've all been indoctrinated to believe in our school system, and that is Abraham Lincoln, that he just came oh boy, in honestly. and freed the slaves. And, you know, we all just held hands and sang kumbaya and everything was fine from there on out. And Abe was just the greatest president ever. Now, I'm going to let you take it from there, Joel. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I can definitely agree with you about the American history and the indoctrination. And, um, yeah, Abraham Lincoln's a big one. And when I kind of learned more about Abraham Lincoln and actually Tom DiLorenzo, I think you have a couple of his, his Lincoln books. Uh, the, um, the real Lincoln. Yeah, I have that. Yeah, yeah. I have I have uh, his Lincoln on mass, the problem with Lincoln. I think I have the real Lincoln on Kindle. I have one of them on Kindle, but um, but when I I just found out about this a couple of years ago, my mind was because I used to think Abraham Lincoln, you know, was the uh, you know great emancipator, this God fearing man. Just he just had this big hole in his heart because he was just he was just up all night. Because slavery just tore him the, the bits. He couldn't. He couldn't stand it. He just reviled slavery so much. And uh, and even even growing up in Blue, New Jersey, even like all the liberal people I knew were, oh yeah, he, Abraham Lincoln. He's he was a good Republican, you know. So even even uh, liberal people even would hold Lincoln to high regard. Um, but uh, 
but no, nothing could be further from the truth. So, <laughs> you know, he, he, he's been, he's been deified. Basically. He's like, basically, if you say something bad about Abraham Lincoln to a conservative person, they'll, they'll probably react more strongly than if I like took God's name in the in front of them. Like, and if I were like around like conservative evangelical, like friends or family, and I took God's name in vain. And then I said, Abraham Lincoln was um, a white supremacist and a tyrant who didn't care at all about ending slavery. In fact, he tried to deport slaves um, to Liberia. They would be more furious with that than if I took God's name in vain and they're supposedly evangelicals. So yep. and that's happened. So um, there's this great book by Lerone Bennett Jr. called Forced in the Glory, Abraham Lincoln's White Train. And it goes, it's very uh, detailed about you know, his uh, being a member of the colonization society, which the colonization society, they wanted to deport blacks out of the country. Um, and Lincoln even himself said, we're too different. We can't be in the same country together. Um, when he was running, I think it was for president, he was he was um, talking about how he, he's basically, yeah, the, the, the races are too different. I think like basically whites are superior um in every way um he didn't care about ending slavery he um what's i gonna say oh yeah okay so the emancipation proclamation that's the great great thing about uh, bennett's book it goes really into detail so if you read it there's all these ex 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 exemptions in the emancipation proclamation so he frees the slaves right but he frees them in Richmond, Virginia, right? So then he frees them in places like Richmond, Virginia, which is the Confederate capital. And the Union Army has no control over Richmond, Virginia. The, Confederate, the Confederacy controls it. So the, the, there's no, like, it, the uh, the Confederacy, they're not freeing any slaves because Lincoln says so. So Lincoln's freeing slaves in places where the Union Army has no control. But he's not freeing slaves in places like Norfolk, Virginia, where the Union Army does have control and they could have freed slaves. So there's this contradiction there. So it just kind of seems like a political document just to kind of, I don't know, make it seem, and according to Bennett, the, the point of the proclamation was just the kind of, it was just like a political stunt, maybe cause some like slave revolts and then kind of kick the can down the road so he could implement his real plan, which was deportation of blacks out of America, the United States. So um, that book was really a real eye-opener for me and the truth about Lincoln. And then you can go back and read some of his writings, um, even as far as Lincoln um, basically was an atheist. That's my, I was taught he was basically God, Christian, God-fearing man, um, but had the Bible everywhere he went. His own wife said that he had no like lazy belief in God. Um, people in his cabinet and close to him talked about how he had no really religion or like faith or anything. Um, so yeah, I'm still, I'm still digging into Lincoln, um, and trying to learn more and, and find out as much as possible. But that's one, yeah, one classic example of just completely not a hundred, like not, I don't know, a hundred percent, but just from start to finish, just false information. Um, yeah. Didn't care about slaves, atheist. Didn't, didn't start the war over like trying to end slavery or anything. It was about like tax tax collection, basically. Yeah, he started he um, started a war to collect taxes, man. Yeah, he because uh, uh, I believe it was uh, I want to say upwards around ninety percent of federal revenue at that time was tariffs, and so 
that was uh, the increase was on tariffs, which is of course a tax. And so this, the South was like, we're not paying this. And then he invaded. Um, he jailed anyone that basically disagreed with him. There's a congressman who was called the Apostle of Peace. So the congressman, he's from Ohio, I think. His name was Clement Falongingham or something like that. But he's like, okay, yeah, we shouldn't have a war. Let's maybe have a peaceful solution. Lincoln didn't like that. You know, if you, you even see that today. You oppose war. You get slandered as a traitor, and you're you're sympathizing with the enemy. Uh, the port of the the port of the congressman uh, had like the, the the city council of like Baltimore all jailed. Had um, Francis Scott Key's grandson, I believe, thrown in prison for opposing the war. Shut down newspapers, grabbed guns, um, issued an arrest warrant for the Supreme Court Justice of the United States. Uh, I wasn't served, but he did issue it. Uh, so I mean, we can go down the list from start to finish. On, on Abraham Lincoln, just absolute. No, I'm not going to say my teachers were lying because I believe that they believed all the stuff they were teaching. I don't think they knew that he's, you know, this tyrant. Oh, another interesting thing about Lincoln. So the the this was in DiLorenzo's book. He talks about how uh, like a group of communists in Chicago, they had Lincoln-Lenin Day. Like they're celebrating their beloved Lenin and Lincoln at the same time. Um, very interesting that the, the, why are the communists celebrating Abraham Lincoln? Well, there was another <laughs> writer who wrote about how he wished Lincoln, I forget his name, I'll have to look him up, but he wrote about how Lincoln, he wished Lincoln was in charge of the, the Soviet Union when it collapsed because Lincoln would have never let those countries um, be free or leave the Soviet Union. He would have sent the, the tanks in and kept the Union together, just like he did in the South. So you have a lot of the communist sympathizers that have a, a soft spot in the heart for Abraham Lincoln because he used military and brute force to uh, keep everything together and needed uh, secession and uh, independence or whatever it was. Um, was uh, he wasn't going to let that stop him from, you know, preserving the union as he uh, so called it. And and you in you know this is uh, this is why it's <laughs> don't so get me started on the Constitution either. Oh God. Yeah, I didn't sign that, but anyways, <laughs> I'll go Spooner. Like, on that. If I could go on a list of brief tangent on the Constitution, absolutely. Because so, because I I like history, I like history, right? I loved history, and so when I you know in the past few years started learning, figuring out that a lot of the stuff that I was this subject that I loved was just uh, wrong on its face. Now I have to unlearn all that, and I need to get catch up with with reality. So the Constitution. We're taught basically like the founding fathers were just sitting around, dreaming up ways to limit their own power. It's like, oh, they had the, the wisdom and foresight to know how to, you know, uh, limit government and the checks and balances. The whole point of the Constitutional Convention and the Constitution was to increase the, 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 the centralize the government, and give it more power. That was the whole point, because under the Articles of Confederation, they didn't have that power. They didn't have taxing power. Like if they wanted to make an amendment, all the states had to unanimously agree. So they didn't like this. They wanted to be able to you know, get their agenda through. There's a great book by uh, Dr. Patrick Newman called Cronyism, Liberty Versus Power in Early America. Um, wonderful book. And it kind of goes over some of the, like the, the, like the title implies, the cronyism, uh, kind of the, 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 biz, the backdoor uh, business dealings um, between uh, some of the, the framers and business people that had all their, you know, uh, 
uh, agendas and special privileges and banking and all this stuff and all the dirty, you know, backroom deals that they were making. So that was a big part of the Constitution, why that, you know, some things were allowed, some things weren't. Um, and uh, that's a whole other thing in and of itself. But yeah, Lincoln and the Constitution, those are two big things. You know, they're not teaching the kids right in school. And then, of course, then going along with what you said about indoctrination, then you got like the Pledge of Allegiance. That's another thing that bothers me is that was the whole point of the, the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, Francis Bellamy was a socialist minister. And he even said the point was to indoctrinate school children. And now it's kind of viewed as, you know, on the, at least in the right wing, as, oh, you're patriotic, blah, blah, blah. But you're, you're just indoctrinating kids to kind of profess their allegiance to the state, to this, this cloth, piece of cloth. And um, there's, uh, you're almost like a heathen if you don't put your hand over your heart, if you omit the words like under God. And here in South Carolina, they forced like at the public schools, like you have to say the Pledge of Allegiance. And that was like a big deal, like a conservative, oh, we're patriotic. This is a big win for America um, and students in South Carolina. Like, forget the fact that the, the public schools here are garbage and kids aren't learning anything. But they say the Pledge of Allegiance and we indoctrinate kids in that way before school, before school every day. So that's what's really important, right? And it's just a bunch of nonsense. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a lot more... Uh, indoctrination that needs to be uncovered and unlearned and so having a young son i want to make sure he understands no abraham lincoln is not really somebody if you want to admire a president it shouldn't be abraham lincoln no by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> i don't think there's like a single quality that you want to emulate from him so um yeah so anyway yeah i mean and, and the funny That's thing is is you know like i said we were all indoctrinated by the school system but there's one way that you can unindoctrinate yourself, and that's by reading books like we're talking. And you and I have done something on Twitter. We did it together. We came up with the hashtag Liberty Book Club. And it's kind of taken off, man. And we've been posting all our reads. Yeah. People start posting their reads or tweeting. I should, you know, postings, Facebook, you know, people are tweeting their reads, you know, and sharing stuff and retweeting stuff. And, and it's a good way to get the message of Liberty out. And the message of relearning things that you learned that weren't right or weren't correct. And, and I, I really enjoy that we are doing this. And uh, it's, it's been very cool. I mean, geez, Lars Mapset is showing his books now and he's running for president. You know what I mean? I think that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. You know, I think that's well, that awesome. Is awesome. Yeah. You know, but that's the only oh, yeah, way. Yeah, whether it's. Uh... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, it's the only way to learn to or to unlearn what you've learned is but to buy read books from actual history that will tell you things other than what you learned in school. I mean, I know I bash this, the 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 government school system all the time and I do it for a good reason, you know, because I always knew grow I hated school. I did I was not a good student. I was a horrible student. Um you know, be, and I used to tell my teachers straight up what they were teaching us was bullshit. I used to get in so much trouble for it. But I'll never forget, there was one teacher in sixth grade, and he was our social studies teacher, and he looked right at us and told us to never trust our government. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Wow, the phone just rang on the computer. You had a, you had a teacher say that? Yeah, our our, uh, our sixth grade social studies teacher, um, you know, he said, do not trust your government. And that always resonated with me, you know, that you know, that he would say something like that. 
even though he was teaching that history, you know, but yeah. And it was, it was kind of crazy because he was the teacher that everybody made fun of. You know, they, he always kept changing his pocket and he was always jiggling around in his pocket. So they called him pocket pool. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm like, he's probably one of the coolest ones ever looking back. I yeah, mean, sounds like it. You know, but he still had to teach us what he had to teach us, but he let it be known that we shouldn't trust our government. And I was like, damn, you the know, future. and then certain, you know, I grew up listening to, you know, hardcore punk rock and and thrash metal heavy metal you know 90s hip-hop which believe it or not a lot of the that music is a history lesson of sorts or very much against the system saying how corrupt it is mm -hmm. and whatnot you know especially like heavy metal you know my parents used to think you know slayer and megadeth was uh you know devil music you know growing up in the southern baptist church and whatnot and that couldn't be further from the truth. They're talking about, you know, I mean, the song Angel of Death is about uh, Auschwitz and the Holocaust. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, wow. And, and you know, bands like Sepultura making songs refuse, resist, you know, and stuff like that. So, you know, even though I had that upbringing and, and, and stuff like that, I just, I kind of always knew these people were messed up, but I never wanted to really believe that these people were bad. I thought they were always, you know, for the longest time trying to treat us well. And that, you know, that can't be bothered from the truth at all. You know? Oh yeah. And, and the Liberty book club is going to expose this stuff. And I mean, I mean, I could just spew out authors right now that could really teach you things, you know, you know, especially like I'm on an economics kick right now. That's, that's where my mind is right now. That's why I was talking about Janet Yellen and the money printing and all that, you know, the federal government's going to do what the federal government does. It's not that I don't care. I just, I'm more worried about what's going on with the monetary system and decentralizing my family right now. And so right. what they're doing on, you know, with, with all the guns and stuff, they've been doing this for decades and decades now. We're coming up on an election year. And so they're going to rile up the crowd. That's what they do. You know, that, you know, coming up to the election, they're going to start passing bills and laws and the and the left and the right are going to fight, and it's it's rad radicalizing more and more people, and it's quite sad to watch it as an outsider, you know. But I'll bury my face in books, you know. And it, when it comes to economics, I mean, the best is is Rothbard, von Mises, and Ron Paul. I mean, those are go tos. And then you know he hasn't wrote a book yet, and he really needs to. But you know, y'all need to listen to Radical Shane Hazel's show. That man is great with economics man he he's an austrian econ economist you know and he really knows his stuff and i really value his opinion and his his insight on that stuff you know because right now we we need to be unlearning everything that we learn you know and it's hard for some people to stomach that you know what we've been taught our whole lives is a lie when it comes to history and government but the fact oh, of the yeah. is it's true i mean it wasn't like it was a good feeling for me to find out that the Republican Party was just as horrible as the Democrat Party coming up as a neocon. That sucked mm -hmm. to find out my whole belief system oh, yeah. wrong. Like that was a hard pill to swallow for a while. But once I swallowed that pill, I took it and I ran with it and I started learning shit, you know? And that's the only way to get out of this stuff, man. And so Liberty Book Club, get us, get at us on Twitter, man. You know, you know, let's let's oh, talk yeah. about socials. Let's talk about, you know. Where can people find you? Because, you know, people need to follow you. You're a wealth of information when it comes to history. Well, it's just like you said, it's because of the books. You know what I mean? So, and it's something 
maybe some people might feel is when you, you realize what you've been taught or thought maybe is wrong and presented with new evidence is maybe there's a feeling of, oh, like I was duped or like maybe you feel like, like dumb in some way or like uh, uh, naive. And that's can be, don't you, there's no reason to feel like that at all. I mean, we, we were taught certain things from young age in school that, you know, history and government and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, everyone that's come to the realization that that's all false, at some point in time, we all believe, I believe that, you know, you were neocon, like you said. So just get, get in there and learn. And like, like you said, the Liberty Book Club's been really cool, I think. And I, I've come across many books and authors that I wasn't aware of uh, before it. And now I had, you know, I, it, I've bought a couple books and I've sent you a book and you sent me a book yep. and we're sharing books and information. And uh, that's the best way to, to learn and, and figure out what's happening and find out solutions and especially in history. Um, and, and, and finding out like, uh, like, there's, like, I really believe that there's nothing new under the sun, like the book of Ecclesiastes says. So if that's true. Well, if I'm reading history and the, the proper history, not, you know, the mainstream textbooks, you're not going to, if it's in a bookstore, like a big, like a, a Barnes and Noble or anything like that, that's not the kind of history you want to be reading. That's mostly probably propaganda nonsense. So if you're reading the proper history, understanding what's going on, well, you're going to have better uh, answers and how to navigate what's happening today because you know the the, the predations of the state you've kind of you've you've seen how what's happened in the past and how they've gone about it and maybe how some people have been able to uh the, the thrive and succeed in the face of that so those are the people i want to learn from so uh the liberty book club is a great way to do that share what you're reading ask you know if, if you want a book on a certain subject you you know you're on economics i'm sure you've got a whole list of stuff you can oh yeah you can uh, send people what to go read what to go check out there's plenty of authors um on the liberty space on twitter that are putting out work and uh you know and i've i've gotten some of their books and so have you and, and this is this is to me this is the best way to learn like like einstein said he didn't let schooling get in the way of his education well I'm not going to let my school get in the way of my education. Most of the stuff that I know that I've learned has come outside of school. And it's from learning. Um, honestly, I've learned more from Twitter and YouTube than, than all my years <laughs> in school. Like people sharing Who would have thought? But just, the, just the information people put on there, the threads. And I mean, literally anything you want to learn, you can, you can find. So when I, and, and if you want to learn about economics, history, um, kind of the problem with the state, whatever it is, war, Liberty Book Club is a great place to do it. There's so many books, so many authors. And uh, well, yeah, we'll be, uh, if you want to learn about something, let us know. I'll, we, I mean, like I said, anybody in Liberty Twitter will have um, a good suggestion. Rothbard, like you said, Von Mises, um, a Spooner. Like the first time I read No Treason, I was like, oh, oh my goodness. This should be mandatory reading. Mandatory Eight. reading in every school in America. <laughs> I never, I never heard it put like that. I never heard it phrased like that. It's so simple and to the point. You can't refute the logic, you know. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a great thing, and I hope I can. Uh, I'm looking forward to keep building on that and and, and learning more myself.
and trying to, um, you know, I, I'm going to need more, a bigger bookshelf, but hey, that's a, that's a good problem to have. We need to have giant bookshelves, all of us. We need to just start learning and start packing in information in these heads of ours, you know, and good information. And it's better than watching bullshit propaganda on TV that's going to rile you up. You know, you can, I, I didn't even turn on the TV over the weekend. All I did was read my books over the week. That's what I did mm -hmm. last weekend. You know what I mean? And I'm going to do it again this weekend because I don't want to see that shit anymore. It makes me crazy. It's making everyone crazy. And there's, and there's, and there's so much to learn still out there in the world, but like, Joel, how can people find you on Twitter? Um, you can find me at underscore infinite seal. Um, what, uh, what we're all about is we're going to, when we're going to, uh, we're going to learn, we're going to read, um, as much as possible, try to be a learning machine. Um, that's learning from people throughout history. That's learning from people right now. That's learning from people like you and your experiences and other people um, that b believe like we do. Um, we're going to meme our way through the, the collapse of the American Empire. That's right. You have. Um, I love that memes. meme. I love that. I love that meme of uh, some guy. He's like mowing his lawn, and then you see like a tornado like in the distance, and he's just like going about his day mowing his lawn. That's what we're. That's what we're going to do. You know what I mean? So we're going to go about our day. Um, and uh, we, I, I really like. I'm really appreciative of all the content that's the people putting out, like you and everyone else, um, because there's no. You, know, you turn on the TV and it's basically like there's no no real reason to watch any news channel or like it doesn't matter what I could do. It's there's 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 all clearly an agenda. You got like corporate sponsors you gotta adhere to. You you know, you you have you know political pressure, you can't piss off this group, like like you said, you don't sugarcoat anything. Like you're here, you're gonna give your opinion. You're gonna be due to research. You're gonna have your, the, the, you know, the, the facts down, and you're gonna tell it like it is. So, you know, you're getting real information. You don't have a, like a secret like agenda or like donors you have to answer to where you have to whitewash what you say. And no, you can't talk about this issue or that issue because you may piss off. Like there's none of that. So that's why I like I want to like support the the people in liberty space as much as possible because. They want them, they're gonna bring the heat. They're gonna bring the real news, they're gonna bring the real information. They're focusing on the stuff that the corporate state media is not gonna talk about. They're not talking about the Fed whenever there's a financial problem. Who are we blaming? Oh, it's the greedy banks. Oh, it's this, it's the capitalist system. It's never the Fed, it's right? The so billionaires and the capitalists always. Exactly. So it's all this nonsense. And at least, you know, you know, in, in the liberty space, you're gonna we're gonna it's gonna be zone in on what the real causes and there's no going to be whitewashing there's no like i said corporate agendas there's no political correctness it's let's be real let's be honest let's get the truth out let's come up with a solution to the problem and let's actually take action and doing the right things um to ensure you know our like survival and well-being in the future so that's why you know i like to connect with people on Twitter and, and follow their content and support their content and do whatever, make memes with them, uh, tax the memes too. Um, so that's what we're all about at Infinite Zeal. So um, if you like that, come check us out. You're going to see plenty of memes. Um, you know, I got a, a, 
one thing I maybe I got to do a better job of like you do is uh, you're always bringing the new music that I've met. Like I, I'm getting more into like punk. I never really listened to too much super like punk rock or like heavy metal or anything like that. But I've now that I'm understanding kind of the messaging behind some of it, and not just thinking of it as like oh this is like super like hardcore like rock and roll music. I can't understand what they're saying. When I take the time to kind of um, parse through, like yeah, these are like basically a lot of them have like a liberty message. Like it's like resist, you know. We're not just going to go along with the system. Um, so it's like, this is really, uh, this isn't devil music, like I was told in my church. You know, this isn't like Satan's music. <laughs> there is an uplifting message to a degree. You know what I mean? So I appreciate that too. So I'm I'm learning stuff every day and hopefully, uh, you know, we can just have a good time. I like to have, you know, this life is serious. There's a lot of stuff going on. And the main idea behind Infinite Seal is this. There's a verse in Romans. 12 11 it says never be lacking in zeal but be fervent be um fervent in spirit so actually my son's middle name is zeal um so that verse just really kind of struck me it was never be lacking in zeal so it's like okay so i should always have it you know what i mean so yeah this this stuff's going terrible i mean the economy the military i mean russia uh i mean the fed state police i mean we can go through a million things why to be upset why to be angry and they could be serious problems, but I want to be able to, to find a solution for these. And I still got to go on with my life. I still have to make sure my family's taken care of um, and uh, going to be in a good position. So no matter what's happening every day, I know sometimes it sucks. There's a, it's, uh, there's a lot to deal with, but just staying positive, realizing what the problem, knowing what the problem is, knowing what the solution is and working towards it every day and trying to have fun. Um, to me, that's what that's what it's all about. That's what I'm all about. That's the idea behind infinite zeal. Um, and the flame's never going to go out. You can't can't suppress it. Can't put it out. Um, and so uh, hopefully, you know, we'll uh, we'll continue to connect with people and build and uh, have a great time. My man, I like it, man. I like it a lot, man. I really appreciate you doing this show. It's been a long time coming. You know, I've been wanting to have you on for a while. So this has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you for always, you know, supporting the show and, you know, and of sharing. Course. Always will. You know, it's, uh, you know, I always appreciate that stuff. And uh, especially I'm the little guy, I'm the low man on the totem pole in this world of podcasting, you know, so, but, but it is growing, it is growing. Uh, and it was growing very nicely before I had to have surgery. Um, there's anybody out there who's uh, looking to sponsor an up and coming show, please get at me. Uh, at Buds in Reality on Twitter, um, you can get my DMs. That'd be great. Um, I am looking for sponsors, you know, to get this going. I really want to get this thing to lift off the ground. This is my passion. This is what I want to do. This is what I went to school for. You know, I don't want school to be a waste of time and money. You know, I, I would like to really right. do this. But in closing, I'm going to ask you all one big favor and kind of a public service announcement. And you're going to kind of go, what the hell are you talking about when you get into this? But I'm just going to come out and say it. Go out and give blood, um, you know, and I'm saying this from the heart because I had a complication post-surgery where I lost a lot of blood and I had to get a couple of bags of blood given to me. And so, you know, that being said, you know, you never know who's going to need some blood out there. Your boy sure did. So, you know, if you're able-bodied and, and into it, please go give blood, you know, to your nearest blood bank. Because, you know, there's people out there who needed it. You know, I did. 
I did. And, you know, I, that, that scared the hell out of me. I don't know if you know what it's like to lose blood or, you know, have a lot of loss of blood, but your heart works overtime, man. And I thought I was having a heart attack. I mean, boom, 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 boom. It, it was very scary. And, uh, you know, I'm glad they had blood for me for real. And, uh, you know, please go do that. And, and that would be amazing. And please tell me when you do, cause I want to know that you did it. Cause that's pretty fucking awesome. And, uh, with that being said, is there anything you want to say in closing brother? No, I, uh, I, I appreciate you having me on. It was a great honor, especially on this, uh, for some people, most uh, sacred of holidays coming up on 420 Eve. So I'm, I'm glad hey. to, be, to be on and, and celebrate that with you. So I know tomorrow's uh, that's going to be a big one for a lot of people. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, no, again, thanks for thanks for having me on. And uh, let's keep getting after it and uh, doing our thing. Right on. Well, thank you so much. And uh, peace, love, and liberty to y'all. I'll see you oh, around. Oh, yeah, man. Appreciate you. <laughs> Take Good care. Evening. Thank you.